Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right. Good day, everyone. It's CJ, and we are live. I'm very excited today to be delivering another edition of Rogue 420 Interviews. Uh, today's guest is Mary Jane Baker. And if you don't know Mary Jane after today's interview, you will. Uh, Mary Jane is the co-host of 420 Radio Show. Uh, she's also everything about baking with buds. Uh, most of her sp time spent discussing all things cannabis. As an ed educator, as an advocate, it's no wonder she spends her days telling her story and how a plant changed her life forever. So, Mary Jane, welcome to 420. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm very excited to have you. And then before before we even begin, I, I want to tell you also, happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, it is my birthday today. And any any big plans for today? Um, no, not really. You know, as you age, uh, you're just happy to see another spin around the big burning ball, right? <laughs> exactly. That's, that's exactly right. Well, I want to jump right into it. And uh, before we begin, I do want to ask, and this is something I ask about everyone that I interview, is that how did you get started in the cannabis industry? Oh, my. Okay. So besides just using it as a teenager, recreationally. Um, I guess my first my first actual in the industry like work would have to be when I started working at a glass shop selling bongs and pipes. Um, that's really where it began for me. Yeah, just uh, talking with all the customers and hearing their experiences and their stories when it came to um, you know how it was helping them medicinally just really changed my perception on cannabis because up until that point, I didn't even realize that, uh, you know, that I had been medicating myself for years <laughs> with cannabis, just thinking I was using it recreationally. So it was definitely an eye opener and the beginning of my journey. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's where it probably started for a lot of people. And then later on, you start to research and find out that, wow, this not only is this enjoyable, but then the medicinal benefits as well. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy when you actually realize just how much it's helping. Um, and it wasn't until I had I was forced to stop taking cannabis as as well, even as a recreational drug, um, I had to turn to pharmaceuticals to try and alleviate some of the symptoms that I was going through. And that's that's where the rabbit hole begins. Right. Um it gets pretty scary. And I don't know, are you familiar with um, some of the, the pharmaceuticals that they have for like depression and stuff? Yeah, I, I, I am. And, um, you know, have some experience with that. So I completely, yeah, I understand. Why don't you share a little bit around how medical cannabis and it really changed things for you and changed your life forever? Okay. So um, I'd say I was about mid-20s. Like I said, you know, I had consumed cannabis recreationally for uh, like a decade. And um, 
I I didn't even realize it was helping until I couldn't afford to purchase it. And I had gone to the doctor and I had said, you know, this is what's happening to me. Um, we had the discussion about how I actually was self-medicating for all those years with cannabis. And um, my doctor was very understanding. He said, you know, I, I agree that cannabis does help. However, with the way the laws are and the way that the system works, I can't prescribe it to you. Or if I could, it's still not covered. So you're going to have to pay out of pocket. Um, so he said, well, you know, I have options for you, which was going down the pharmaceutical road. Um, so he had started me, I think it was Ciprolex, which I think is like the basic of the basic. And I was told if this doesn't work, then, you know, come back and we'll up your dosage. So this continued for about, I'd say six months of just upping my dosage to try and make it work. When that didn't work, um, they started adding in other prescriptions on top to try and help with things like sleep problems and it, it it very quickly became a long list of things that were going wrong with me and an even longer list of prescriptions that I had to take. Um, and I got very ill very fast. It, okay, my, my bank account was doing much better. Uh, however, it was the only thing that was doing better. I couldn't even get out of bed in the morning. I didn't, you know, my kids were always late for school. Um, I just basically, I was like a zombie. I had no drive to do anything. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's very harsh, right? I mean, to think about it and to think that the change that uh, cannabis made, and not only for you, but so many, and that's why I am very excited about to see, you know, what Canada's done, what we're seeing nationally with different legislation, with, with states occurring, and really people finding medical freedom uh, with with cannabis. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree. I think with legalization, you're going to see people that are, that were necess like not necessarily afraid to try it before, but maybe not wanting to do it because it was illegal and they want to stay within the, the realms of the law. Uh, so I think they'll, those people will be more apt to try cannabis and hopefully they'll see that it's not as terrible as what, you know, the reefer madness has made it out to be. And maybe they'll start realizing, oh, you know, my blood pressure is dropping. Maybe this is a side effect from the cannabis. Maybe I don't need to take two um, blood pressure pills a day. Maybe I can reduce that to one. That's something that would be a great talking point with your doctor um so i think it's going to open up a lot of doors both medicinally and recreationally right oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i, I really treat it more as a, a freedom a liberty thing you know for the recreational side it's it's one of those things that you know that cannabis is a natural plant it's been used throughout history and to think that back to the the failed drug wars to the reefer madness sessions and and you know how uh, marijuana got its stereotype of being you know even even a gateway drug it's just amazing so uh, talk to us a little bit about now canada recently uh national legalization i believe for both medical and recreational and i believe that you played a pretty significant part in helping and really the advocacy side 
what what changed again what really led to the momentum to to swing that big of a of a national change because that that's pretty huge that's pretty significant um, I'm not sure if the governments have finally just had enough of us hounding them or if maybe they've seen a really good way to make money themselves uh, because um, with C45, there's so much that's still up in the air with uh, Kathleen Wynne being voted out and Doug Ford coming in, um, at least here in Ontario. I know with, um, see, this is the thing that really gets me too is uh, I know you wanted to discuss some of the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to legalization. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we need we need to. Go ahead. And, um, like, the, the thing that really gets me is federally, there's one set of rules. And then provincially, there's another set of rules. So depending on which province you're living in, it, it's totally different. And it's going to create a lot of confusion amongst Canadians. Somebody living in Quebec cannot or will not be allowed to grow at home for their own personal use. However, the guy that's on the other side of the border in Ontario can. So it's, it's I just wish that they would make it so, sort of uniform all the way across the board. Yeah, um, you have to be, yeah, you have to be very careful with, you know, with the whole legalization and the anarchist in me says, you know what? do it regardless however i completely understand that people you know have kids they have children they have things they have to consider the moment that we start asking the government for permission is the moment that they can kind of define what those rules look like and i'm not sure if you followed the recent news of what transpired in oklahoma uh, with their legalization effort but complete fraud and abuse was exposed and and I was very proud of the Oklahomans that came forward to expose all that, where they they did pass it on a ballot, and then it was completely transformed and tried to to be taken over by the government powers. If we could just work on the complete, like here in the states in the U.S., as far as completely unscheduling it, and then as well as you know decriminalization that needs to come with it, I think the two need to go hand in hand. What are your thoughts on that? I honestly, I think the key is to repeal to repeal the laws that were placed in the first place. I mean, it's a plant. We shouldn't even, like the fact that we're going from, I think it was eight, seven or eight laws um, on controlled substances to 45, and they're calling it legalization. Um, you know, to some, maybe I'll, I'll say the ignorant, the people that don't know, and they're only watching the six o'clock news, and they're only hearing what, you know, mainstream media is telling them, they're the ones that are saying, yay, legalization is good. Um, but this is why I think it's it's really important for people like myself and yourself to get out there and to start teaching people the actual laws behind C45. Like, for example, once it becomes legal on October 17th, yes, you should, in theory, be able to purchase cannabis legally from a legal source here in Ontario we're supposed to have an Ontario cannabis store um, uh, whether it was going to be an actual store or an online model regardless you still will not be able to take that joint out on the street and have a smoke because that is illegal there <laughs> there will be yeah no no consumption <laughs> spaces like no vape lounges oh um, lord it's, I don't know, it's, it's getting pretty crazy. 
um, there's a few different things. Like they want 40 stores for all of Ontario. I don't know if you're familiar with Hamilton, Ontario right now, but I think they've got around 70 dispensaries in just Hamilton, Ontario. What really first caught my eye with with Canada, and I think that your your uh, friends or acquaintance with her is uh, Jody, and I believe her husband is it Mark Emery. Mark Emery, yes. Jody and Mark Emery, and everything that they they started with the cannabis culture and uh, you know their efforts there and the incarceration that occurred and everything there. It's just um, it's been amazing to watch what's been happening uh, north of the U.S. border. Yeah, there's definitely been some interesting stories. I know there was a gentleman um, out in, I think it was either New Brunswick. I think it was New Brunswick. Uh, he had driven to Quebec and purchased some alcohol and then driven back. And there was there was a something to do with you're not allowed to cross provincial borders to purchase things like that. It actually set a precedence for the cannabis laws that are now coming in place because they knew if they allowed him to get away with crossing the border with alcohol that cannabis would be next right (laughs) yep yep so i i don't know i mean it's not like we're trying to get it from canada to the states or vice versa we're just trying to go it'd be like going from one state to another where Mm -hmm. it's still legal in the next state but i don't know it's it's definitely going to be confusing and i can see a lot of people getting in trouble just for not knowing the laws well, yeah, it was the same thing in Nevada when Nevada passed because Nevada went full medical and recreational. However, they pretty much blocked exactly what you were talking about, where you cannot uh, smoke, you know, anywhere in public in spaces, outdoors. And so the question came up was like, well, what are people who are traveling from that don't live in Nevada? What are they, what are they supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> and, and not knowing the, the travel uh, implications uh, from it. Now, one of the other things that's important to me, and I want to get your take and your opinion on this, is that to me, the the movement, the the, the cannabis, whether it's medicinal, recreational, it's always been kind of like one of those grassroots type uh, movement where it's I, to me, it's very important keeping it to the core of the people, allowing people to do their individual grows. And one of my fears is, and, and we're starting to see this, is a lot more of the corporate corporatization, if that's even a word, I think it is coming into the industry. And and, and I don't want that. I want to keep this pure. I want to keep it down to the grassroots to the people. I don't want to see, you know, in the near future where we have two or three companies uh, that are controlling all the aspects of the industry. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that down here as well. It's it's kind of scary. Um, I'm not sure. You could look at it one of two ways, right? You could look at it as these smaller companies being swallowed up by these bigger companies that are just wiping out, you know, taking over everything. Um, But then you could look at it like somebody in the grassroots movement built this business to a point where they've got it so big that they finally get to sell and start something bigger. So I, I really don't know. I would like to see it stay see people argue with me and say there's no difference between medical cannabis and recreational cannabis and (laughs) i i understand what they're saying and i'm not trying to argue because cannabis is cannabis but if you have a massive corporation that's growing cannabis on an extremely large scale for just profit purposes alone 
the chances are you're not going to get a very good product. You're going to get something that might have bugs or had to be sprayed with, you know, um, a chemical to get rid of mold or mildew or something. So that I think is where the difference is, is in the actual production of it. Somebody that's growing it, like you say, for personal use is going to take the time and the care and the attention to make sure that that plant has proper nu nutrients, not miracle grow. Do you know what I mean? They're going to make sure it's flushed <laughs> properly. They're going to want the best product for themselves in the end. Oh, shit. You mean I should stop using miracle grow? <laughs> oh, dear God. Don't say that. That's kidding. like, oh, <laughs> that's I'm a bad kidding. word. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. Well, no, I have no prob problems, you know, people uh, profiting off it. You know, I'm I'm in the industry as well. So I, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no beefs there. I just don't want to ever see it to the point where they say, hey, you can, you can no longer cultivate at home. You no longer can have your, your grow in your shed or whatever you need to do. I just, I just don't think that's the right thing to do. But I do want to talk something else that's even more exciting. And that's in infusing different food products. And uh, from your bio, I take it that you're uh, very much into, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the culinary in terms of infusing and creating different food products. So talk to us a little bit about that, what that's like with you. Okay, so I've always had a passion for baking, um, not so much cooking, because I'm I always <laughs> tend to burn that stuff. But um, with baking, I've always I've always had a thing for like cupcakes and cookies and stuff like that. Um, so I actually had come across a product when working at the glass shop called the magical butter machine. And this thing's so amazing. It literally is the size of a kettle and it sits on your counter and you put your dried flour in and then you put your uh, butter in or coconut oil, whatever you want to use. And then you set it and forget it. You walk away, it beeps when it's done, you come back, strain it out, you're left with nice can of butter. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, of course, you have to make sure that you do the decarboxylation step prior to making your butter or else you will not activate the THCA into THC, which is the component that actually makes you feel high. So mm -hmm. it'll, it'll still work, like it'll still help you medicinally, but um, I think really to get true benefit from the cannabis plant, you need to have all the components, CBD as well as THC and all the terpenes combined. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what do you like to uh, take that the, the butter then and obviously infuse in different products? So, what yeah, what kind of, what kind of creations so, do you like to make? Um, so I like to taste my cannabis butter. A lot of people don't; they just want to eat edibles that doesn't taste like cannabis. Um, so for those people, I would bake stuff like um, let's see, peanut butter cookies or anything banana bread chocolate chips stuff like that myself i personally i like to infuse my cannabis with coconut oil and then make it into a rice crispy square ooh, that's my favorite ooh. i haven't had i didn't have much of a lunch and i haven't had dinner so now you're making me <laughs> <laughs> well see that's the beauty of infusing cannabis into a butter or an oil uh you can basically cook it any way you want. If you want to saute onions in it, go ahead. You know, um, if you want to cook your steak in it, go for it. You can, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much into, I, I like the edibles portion of it as well. I think it's fun. Um, I'm not sure where it is, but I saw somewhere, was it LA or New York? There was a complete restaurant was, that was like dedicated to infused products. 
Yeah, that's not surprising. I you're seeing a lot more of that lately, and especially because they're realizing that if you if you don't dry the plant, like if you pick it fresh and juice it or cook it, you can essentially eat it without getting any of the psychoactive effects. Yes. And for those newcomers to the edibles, you know, everyone has a funny story with their, their first experience with, with the edibles and uh, whether it's an, whether, whether it's a news anchor that goes to Colorado for the first time that eats the entire chocolate bar that doesn't know better, (laughs) but everyone has one of those stories, right? It's, it's funny. You're saying that everyone's story is funny and it all depends on how much the person eats because like those Toronto police officers that got into the stolen edibles, uh, they didn't think it was very funny. We all (laughs) thought it was hilarious. Right. What, what police officer gets high and calls the cops for help (laughs) from a tree? From a tree. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to Google that because I did not see that. Oh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> Toronto police, you got to love them. No, I'll, have to, I'll have to check it out. Well, also, you know, again, so I, I, I love your work. I love the advocacy, uh, your passion for the industry. And then also, also let's jump in the discussion regarding your uh, radio station, the 420 Radio and the co-hosting. So let's talk about that, what, you know, how our listeners can go listen in, how they can find out. So talk to us about that. Sure. Okay. So 420 Radio can be found very easy www and then the numbers 420 radio.ca we bring on different guests every week um, to discuss pretty much all things cannabis different products sometimes we have patients on who tell their story we have advocates and uh, we like to bring on our favorite lawyer jack lloyd Um, he is currently at the head of the constitutional challenge against the government to help keep the Niagara Cannabis Dispensary out of jail because they were basically doing what the government couldn't do and supplying reasonable access to cannabis for medical patients. So um, I also, if you would like to know how to donate to them, just yeah, uh, go send for me it. a message and I can... Um, you, can go, you can go and tell people here. Do you need to email them? Uh, I can't even, to be honest, I didn't okay. put that in front of me. I'm sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Do you want to go ahead and give out what preferred email that you'd like to for people to find out how they can help support that effort? Um, any of the info, any of the tags down on the bottom of this page here, you're more than welcome to send me a message. I'm pretty good at responding to that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So the, the podcast, the news, the the cannabis meducation, yeah. is that right? Med- meducation. There's meducation. more than there's more than just our show as well. There's different shows on that. Um website there's the pace radio show there's reefer reporters the whole uh the whole network is 420 friendly oh very cool yes i was clicking through some of the links right now so yeah 